Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Grow and Fortify, known for their work with the Brewers Association of Maryland, the Maryland Distillers Guild, and the Maryland Winery Association, is hosting Wonderland on Saturday, August 21st. Wonderland is the exclusive casual evening event that includes samples of local craft beer, wine, and spirits from nearly two dozen Maryland producers. The air at Ellicott City's Shrine of St. Anthony will be filled with the sounds of Caleb Stein. So, bring some chairs, grab a bite to eat from one of the local food trucks, and enjoy an evening in Wonderland. Passes are $55 and attendance is limited. Get your passes today at growandfortify.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands. Uh, for better or worse, today I'm at Idiom Brewing Company, joined by Michael Clements, the founder and I don't know, whatever other adjectives he wants to use. Grand Poobah. Huh? And Lindsay Hamilton, the business manager, uh, the person that actually makes this place run. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for joining me. Thank actually, you. I guess more like thanks for having me, since I'm in your location. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for joining us. You know, it's weird. I, it's been well over a year since I've actually recorded a podcast in the studio that we put all the effort into building um no one wants to come there anymore it probably makes it uh easier for you to travel around though um <clears throat> i mean it's except for setting up i mean it's nice though. i didn't say easier no <laughs> <laughs> just walking into a room that's already set up is way easier than yeah. uh, coming someplace realizing that you forgot half of your equipment and then having to drive back to to your house to my house to get the rest now. of the yeah, thank goodness it was cl- that would be annoying. Like if this was an hour away, I was recording and got there and like, oh cool, I don't have any microphones. <laughs> We're gonna record this on my phone. <laughs> All right, Mike, it's been actually I don't think you've been on since you opened. No, I I did a small yeah we did one uh, of the one in the back when we had the expansion open up. Um, but yeah, it's been a while, um, before COVID things have certainly changed, um, as well with the business too. So, um, you know, we're sticking through it and then trying to grow, um, and, uh, trying to put out uh, quality beer. So that's what, why don't we start there? Cause you, you have some big plans right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't we go over the, some of the exciting things happening in the world of idiom. Sure. Um, so uh, Lindsay and I have been working on um, trying to expand our footprints with regard to distribution. So um, we are opening a 10,000 square foot uh, facility dedicated to production out at the uh, airport in the Hearts building right next to uh, Dragon, Puerto Rico, and 10th Ward. <clears throat> um, it's kind of like booze alley yeah it it is uh, becoming that way um in fact there's another distillery moving into the building from what i'm told um and uh we actually like i said uh, started with ten thousand square feet it's not even open yet but we're we're in talks of taking in another two to two thousand to four thousand square feet of the building um so uh we have a 15 barrel brew house over at that location we have uh six um 15 barrel um, tanks and then six 30 barrel tanks and that's coming well actually it's you're not upgrading that's an addition to it's a seven barrel system here mm-hmm. at the original right we have a seven barrel here with 11 tanks uh, a mix of seven barrel and 15 barrel tanks so right now you do a little bit of distribution mm-hmm. um, just basically I guess what you don't sell in the tap room or pretty much although uh one of your employees was telling me earlier that you really haven't been able to send much into distribution lately so it seems like people in frederick like to drink uh i'd say so um but (laughs) it's also people from throughout the state i mean we we're pretty well known um now we've we've grown the brand um a pretty good bit over the last couple years um it's probably the podcast advertising (laughs) has helped a lot i'm sure um, but, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've consistently grown in the styles of beer we're doing. Um, 
we've pushed the borders and boundaries a little bit. And, um, you know, we've tried to progressively take on harder and harder um, flavor profiles. Um, so I think that has been something that has helped propel us a little bit. Um, unfortunately, because we're not in full distro, we still aren't well known throughout the state. Um, there's a lot of people in like the Eastern Shore who haven't heard of us or have heard of us but haven't been able to get our beer. Um, so that's what this whole endeavor is about. When I would think too, like outside of like the craft beer nerd, you probably aren't known. Probably. Like right. the average beer drinker that doesn't immerse themselves in the following uh, breweries online right. or reading about stuff because they, they just go into a store buy beer mm -hmm. they're not aware of you yet so this will help with that correct like people right. walking into a, a right i mean a store we, and then we currently uh use other side as our distributor and they do a good job of getting us into baltimore and arundel county and a little bit of the eastern shore um however we just don't have enough throughput with our the bug just landed in my beer <laughs> I'll still drink it. Still lucky. Protein. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we just don't have enough beer to send out to yeah. them. Um, our concentration has always been uh, Frederick County, Montgomery County, and we just took back Washington County from uh, from other side as well. Does that, does that make it really hard to distribute when you only have, like, a little bit that you want mm -hmm. to send out? Mm -hmm. Like, does it... Because then, like, you're either just sending a tiny little bit to a few places mm -hmm. or you're pissing people off because you only sent it to one place and not to others. Well, as far as like within our own self distro areas, we know, um, we know what we've sent to people before so we can kind of spread it out a little bit to try to, you know, get, uh, get new accounts on board, but also, uh, send existing accounts, um, beer, um, and spread it out a little bit. Um, However, again, we're just at a point right now where we're blowing through everything that we have in our tap room and have very little to push out. And I guess uh, like being with other side, that's probably the best person to be with. Because if I, if I remember correctly, when I had them on, they listed that as one of the differentiators between them and like other distributors is that they're willing to take like a case or two of something mm -hmm. and then they will divvy it up whereas a lot of distributors don't want to work with such small volume yeah i mean um there is a couple other distributors out there um who we talked with before we signed on with other side um we just thought that they were the best for our, both our brand and our model currently um and <clears throat> so far it's been a a valuable um partnership and you know we're trying to push um, as much as we can to them when we can it's just Again, we're we're pushing through everything in our tap room at this point, and um, even with eleven tanks and rotating those and doing four to five beer releases every other week or every week, depending on how things are going, um, it's just been constantly rotating beer, but still ending up walking into the walk-in the next week and saying, "Oh man, what's what's coming out next?" Because we're running a little thin. <clears throat> so how um, this is changed a couple times as i've asked you over the course of the year um what's going to be the difference of what is brewed at the original idiom and what is going to be brewed at the <laughs> at the idiom 2.0 uh, have you come up with clever names for, or are you just going to go with the number two, system T -O -O. Um, oh no um <laughs> i say oh, clever yeah. <laughs> it's a dad joke um <laughs> So um, that's kind of been something Lindsay and I have been talking about on and off um, for the past year. Um, we've gone over multiple, multiple different um, models. We've gone over, um, you know, what we want to have as core beers, what we want to have as rotational beers, um, what styles. Um, we've gone over um, how much barrel aging we're going to do, if we're going to dedicate square footage to a souring program over there. Um, so we really are letting it evolve on its own organically, and let's see where it's where it goes. Um, we've had a lot of success recently with uh, our uh, our American Lager Lightweight, and um, uh, that's you know we've lagers are back. Yeah, um, we've we've been keeping that one 
um, in the tap room and trying to keep it on local shelves as much as possible. It's not a beer that we plan to distribute to, through other side um, currently, but um, as far as local, we plan to keep that on shelves as best we can. <clears throat> Another one is Generational Gap. It's one of our um, most well-rated um, New England IPAs uh, with uh, Nelson and uh, and uh, <clears throat> Grungeist hops, and um, you know it seems to be well loved. So we try to keep that one around as well. Um, but we're constantly, you know, letting that evolve, seeing what the market is taking, and then adjusting as we need to. Actually, let's take a real quick break um, for our sponsors which I believe you're in this break. Thank you ahead of time. You're welcome. Um, and then when we get back, uh, we'll figure out some stuff to talk about. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. All right, so you mentioned that um, Generational Gap is one of your highest rated beers. So that's yeah, why it's, it's pretty up there. I wouldn't say it's you, one of the highest rated. I'd say it's probably well, like top a, 15 or so. Um, do you know what your highest rated beer is? Um... I'd have to say um, the um, the either chasing rainbows um, or Wrong. or the collab we did with you all for one. That is correct. The rum barrel aged one. Yes. Yeah. I, I was going to just say that I did double check to make sure it was yeah. accurate. Um, which <laughs> which that beer was amazing. Um, you know uh, that that collab was also very fun with Tony and, and you, and uh, it just it worked out so well. In rounding out the top five is the regular version of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just want to point out that yeah. we do two dark of beer. your top five beers has my face on it. Yeah, we do it's dark probably beer well. why it sold so well. Probably. We <laughs> that and the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we've done a, a good bit of our top-rated beers are, are stouts and porters, um, and we, we do that style, um, those styles well. You know, we uh, spend a lot of time and and coming up with the flavor profiles, so. Actually, popping off is better than um, doing better than, uh, what was the other one you Chasing just Rainbows. listened to? Chasing Rainbows. I think popping off is much more of like a nostalgic flavor that people would, you know, everybody recognizes. Um, Chasing Rainbows is great. Um, the I mean, you also, you also released at the right time. People yeah. were into drinking those. During, it was pretty much like, say 50% of breweries had a rocket pop sour that comes out during. See, uh, I know we did um, Dewclaw, Heather uh, Red, White, and Blue, and um, there was another one that was semi-local. Um, oh, I'm going national, like nationally. Oh, yeah. They were like, 450 North had one. Right. I, I got one from Urban South when I was down in New Orleans. Um, yeah. Which, it, that's it, a great brewery. Um, that was also a very fun collab too with uh, the guys from Homemade and uh, uh, the team from uh, Hop Happy. Um, so one of your uh, most popular, in fact, <clears throat> named, and hopefully this is correct, the best of Frederick, 
or best of the best, not uh, best of Predator, was, was uh, phrased yeah, the phrase series. Then that is that what won? Yeah, phrased best of the won best? best of the best. Okay, yeah. um, brought to you by the Frederick News Post. What uh, brought to you by <laughs> idiom? <laughs> how uh, how do you? decide what to, well actually why don't you explain to people first what is phrased um <clears throat> sure uh phrased is a rotational um new england um recipe that has a couple core components that don't change but the um the rest of the profile can change so we always keep um the same base malt um and the same um, ratio for oats in the um grist um, but we and we uh, keep Meridian as a, a hop inside of the beer at all times. I think we've only deviated from that on two phrased um, um, iterations, and one of them was like early on, and the second one was like I think phrase twelve or eleven. Um, <clears throat> and um, so we've, for the most part, we've kept. Lindsay the, was shaking her head no. I don't think it was eleven. That's it, all. <laughs> I, I, it could have been nine. I, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look at all the recipes. Um, but. Uh, you know, for the most part, we've kept kept the you know the base recipe the same, and then have always included Meridian in the um, in the dry double dry hop we do for that beer. Um, sometimes we'll add Meridian into hot side to give it some of the flavor from Meridian, and then you know sometimes we'll we'll blend Meridian with another hop, or sometimes we'll do a single hot, um, dry hop with Meridian, and then a second dry hop with another um, varietal. Um, but the the beer itself has evolved over time from and has gone up and down in um, ABV just based upon what kind of, uh, you know, additional malt we've thrown into the grist. And uh, it's been very successful because um, phrased is you, you can tell the difference in it every time, but you can also tell that there's that, you know, core flavor that's still there. It's always it has a, a known component to it. So. Um, even though it might have a little bit more tropical notes to it or it might have a little bit more pine and dank notes to it, it you can still get that same base, you know, flavor profile. Um, so it's it's just been well received. Why Meridian? Um, it was one of those hops that I tried um, back in my home brewing days um, that I actually loved. It, it's such a, a chameleon hop. It has a lot of different characteristics to it. It can be piney depending on when it's added it can be um a little bit of like uh, mint it can also have a good bit of like a strong or a spun sugar um effect to it so <clears throat> i found a way to incorporate it that gives a lot of the uh spun sugar or cotton candy type of flavor to the beer <clears throat> or like residual sweetness so that has always been a part of why phrased has tasted the way it has. And I would say that it was a genius idea to kind of make your anniversary party and call it phrased day and release a whole bunch of I don't remember who came up with that idea. I'm definitely a genius. What, um, do you, do you know which versions you're going to have for this year? Um, we haven't even started planning for phrase day this year. Um, probably should. We it's are not that far away. <laughs> it's, it's, it is, I mean, it's in November, so you don't want to ruin a great idea. Yeah, that's true. Um, and most likely we'll take, um, phrase that did not make it into last year and bring them to this year or have a little bit of a mix between the two. Um, I think you should just go through untapped ratings and pick like that's what we did last time. Yeah, that's what we did last time. Yeah, we went through untapped ratings and looked at. There were a couple of them that were similar ratings, and then we let staff decide. That isn't an endorsement of untapped ratings because they're garbage and people are not good at rating beer. Um, (laughs) But if you wanted help to pick, (laughs) that could be a place Um, to start. We did just call it the hits, the hits pack. Do like well, especially now that you're going to have so many more tanks, you could do like a mixed six pack. Man, that would be expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be yeah, a crazy six bit. pack. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. did do mixed four packs last year. Yeah, yeah. What did we do last year? One, three, seven, nine, and, and eleven. And eleven, right? Was yeah. the new one? Right. Yeah, yeah. One plus one, so the second year anniversary, right? I, mean, I guess you could just have like multiple. If you could do eight, do like two, yeah, four I mean, packs. That so would be people, an idea. Um, it's not. It's not something that we had originally planned on, but um, sounds I like an amazing idea. <laughs> Almost as good as just phrase day in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think two four packs would be 
an easier pill to swallow than uh, no, didn't you have a, did you have a beer name that easy pill to no. swallow mm. pills freak yeah that's a different phrase yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> that it is um <laughs> just say uh then uh I feel like if I walked into a store because I can, I think completely irrationally, I'd be more willing to, even though if it like came down to the exact same amount per can, I would be more willing to buy two four packs than to buy one six pack of mixed <laughs> beers. Yeah, feels like a better deal. Yeah, that was uh, that was one thing that people liked though about one thing people really like is when people talk into the mic. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, so one thing that people really, really loved about doing phrase day was being able to do a vertical of all the different beer, the different phrase together. And it, you know, we, there were a lot of people who were like diehard phrase nine fans and diehard phrase seven fans. But then when they, when they I'm saw ride or die 13, 13's real good. Um, <clears throat> but the, you know, them being able to try one and three again versus seven and nine, there were a lot of people who forgot how good one and three were. Um, you know, even though they were the, you know, earliest iterations of the beer, they still had, you know, a great amount of saturation, a great amount of flavor, um, you know, and we've just tried to take that to the next level each and every time, you know, incorporating incognito um, hops and, uh, cryo hops and trying to get um, better utilization out of whirlpool additions and things of that nature. Yeah, I don't remember at all trying them and which one I liked the best. Probably because I was stupid and just like drank a full can of it and then went through each one <laughs> and then forgot the whole thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Um, but people, do you have much 13 left? I think we have about, we did, what, about. 50 cases of um, 13 um, and uh, we went through I want to say about probably about 15 or 20 cases over the weekend. Yeah. People should definitely get some phrase 13. Yeah, it's that really one good. Is good. It have to be very, very careful with it though. It is a 10% triple IPA this time around. Yeah. And it does not taste 10% at all. So no. like it just goes down quick and then you don't want to stand back up yeah it's got this uh great transition from um tropical um like like heavy dank tropical fruit over ripened tropical fruit into a, a slight bitterness at the end which dries it out a little bit and then makes you want to go back and get some more of that juice and then back to the bitterness again so it just it's very as far as new england's go it it, it changes the way you look at them you know a lot of people think they're cloyingly sweet at the end this one's sweeter up front with a little bit of a, a bitterness dryness on the end see what i really liked about it i felt like it was on like the spectrum of hazy new england's more to the bitter side mm -hmm. which is what i like too because mm -hmm. i'm as i down this west coast ipa at it's in the afternoon um <laughs> The it, close. It, I realized twelve o'clock like, somewhere. Yeah, um, how much I missed bitter beer. Yeah, and I'm glad that that also seems to be coming, making a comeback. Yeah, I mean, a we, lot more breweries are putting out West Coast IPAs again, and ha have. Are they starting to sell better? Because like even a year ago, like breweries were. That, I felt like that's when breweries really started putting out west coast more often but everyone was saying that they weren't selling great we do it, we do pretty well on them um our west coast uh, we don't usually do a double batch on our existing system for west coast just because you know <clears throat> the brightness of the hops falls off um pretty quickly on west coast style and the malt can come through a lot more um but we typically do pretty well on those on seven barrel batches they'll run through the tap room in less than two weeks um which is pretty fast and that's with almost no distro do you know what your highest rated west coast ipa is mm. i'd have to i'd have to think about that one probably double back or oh no red light district yeah it's that a would red, be correct. that's a red west coast well, that's right? a, yeah 
It's yeah. still a West Coast IPA. It doesn't matter what color it is. Yeah. It, well, that was a pretty unique beer too. Um, you know, we we pulled out all the stops on that um, with uh, you know trying to get the um, the red color, keeping it low on the malt profile, but also recognizably a red, <clears throat> and incorporating the West Coast style side to it. So it was a uh, it was pretty uh, fun experience. I feel like I, I, I think it still landed more on the West Coast than like being a red ale or oh, absolutely. Yeah, I liked it. Yep. It was really good. I still have a few left, thankfully. <clears throat> but we've you know, we've gotten um, into a mode of operation also to keep a West Coast and in, in tank all the time, too, as well as a lager. Um, we all, always have a number of sours on. Um, and, you know, with the season the way it is, we try to keep. We still try to keep at least one dark beer on, but it, we tend to go on something a little lighter. Like we have our coconut porter coming back out this week. Um, we're actually brewing um, our marshmallow Schwartz beer again this week um, for release in the end of July, early August. Um, and, you know, just trying to keep up. It's uh, it's definitely been a struggle. All right, let's take uh, one more quick sponsor break. And then uh, when we get back, we can talk about some some of the other exciting things you have coming up. We'll be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. Actually, um, a real quick question I have. What do you think is making more of a comeback? West Coast IPAs or lagers? Um, I think, you know, just in general, clean beer is making uh, a comeback. You know, Kolsch's, uh, lagers, um, Mexican lagers, um, things that people, um, you know, when they drink it, they don't feel like, you know, they just pounded a bunch of sugar. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, nuanced styles are styles that seem to be coming back. Schwartz beers, um, you know, alt beers, things of that nature. Do you think that is because there are just more? And I'll say in air quotes, normal beer drinkers that are starting to drink craft beer, or are other styles that have been real popular like hazies and even less of a length of heavily fruited sours are dying off a little bit or is it just over the past year people have started to drink a whole lot more i think people in general just are appreciative of good well-crafted beer and you know whether that's a clean lager or a heavily fruited sour that is well thought out and hits the flavor profiles. I think that's all people really look for. Um, it's all over the board. There's people who are strictly lager people, lager life all, all day. And then there's people who only like hazies. And then there's people who are like the gamut. Um, I don't think it's changing. I think there's just more people realizing that there's other beer out there 
they might have gotten hooked on a sour. They might have gotten hooked on a New England, but now they're exploring other areas. And it just, uh, you know, I think that's what's propelling those styles um, these days. So, Have you seen a slowdown at all of hazy selling with, or is it just there are additionally people drinking a lot of lagers? I'll let you answer that one. Um, I mean, I would just say an uptick of people looking for other styles. So looking for sours, um, looking for light beers like lagers, stuff like that. But the hazies are still well sought after for sure. We don't do um, nearly as many hazies on draft as we used to. Yeah. Um, just because we've also expanded into doing a lot of other styles and executing them, trying to execute them well. Um, you know, and then also incorporating seltzers into the mix and, um, you know, revisiting, you know, our just general vibe and feel for the brewery and the experience. We've kind of incorporated a little bit more throughout the style range just to, you know, bring in those customers who wouldn't have normally stopped at Idiom. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we still, you know, we still try to push the envelope on those styles that are the the styles that are hype styles you know we try to push the envelope on the new england's we try to push the envelope on the heavily fruited sours um we don't do as crazy sours as like ben at four score um with thickness or like imprint um but we also are trying to do them in a way that is more approachable for most people to to try and to you know have that experience yeah there's definitely different tiers Mm -hmm. for those like where you have the four score jambas the 450 north slushies mm-hmm. the um you named uh, imprints uh smoogies uh dewey's thrills right yeah because thrills and secret this, machines well secret machine is probably closer to what you're doing right yeah, I would, yeah, I would so, say that, yeah so like they have their thrills which is the pulp juice mm-hmm. um and then secret machine which is heavily fruited but still is right. closer to beer right. in air quotes right. than what uh what thrills is so i would th- would you would you say that's more of where you're at like yeah, secret I, ma- like we also for still, anyone who's familiar with thrills and secret machine that's, yeah that's that's kind of where we fall in line um you know we also still do a lot of traditional sours that are more like a berliner base that are, are like fermented completely out um with the fruit um and but we also do you know that kind of like in the middle of um, a typical fruited sour, and then something like a smoothie or or a jamba or something like that. When um, although we have done one that was super thick, um, and it was it went off really well. It was a uh, called Tour de Fair. Um, you know, uh, it was the flavor profile was super tropical with peach, um, guava, guava, and papaya, um, and um, you know, it was just super, super thick. Um, Very we had to ch- We had to change out our taps um, just because of that t- that kind of beer. Um, you know, we couldn't use flow controls anymore on our taps, so we had to change out our tap heads for um, <laughs> for those styles of beer to be be able to be poured. Yeah, I Ben at four score is that like that um, Jambas cannot be poured through a normal tap system. Right. Like he has to do his tweaked it so that there's so that and if it has any kind of a long run yeah then it you're not going to push that beer through right yeah. through the lines we clogged a couple lines at, at first so. <laughs> and you don't even have long ones <laughs> no. like you're no. just yeah. on the other side of the water <laughs> right we're, we're basically a d- direct draw either from our walk-in or from the kegerators that we have on both of our bars um you know and right now we we, I think we only we're down to eight beers this week. <clears throat> we're, you know, normally we have sixteen on tap, and we have five coming out. But three of the beers that are on draft are about to go away. So like we're always struggling to keep up, um, even to keep the tap lines full. So, so, the, um, so f- forbidden fruit would be more along the line the fr- forbidden fruit series. That would be more along the lines of what you're saying, like a fully 
fermented, fermented out. Um, so. Forbidden fruit is a little bit of a mix between because um, forbidden fruit has vanilla and lactose in it. Our typical fruit and sours usually don't have vanilla okay. or lactose in them. Um, so we like Island Time, um, the Pog Sour Slam Down. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else did we recently do um, that was sour? That. Um, oh, um, it's the berries is also um, a typical fruit that's sour. Vanilla. So as as the super heavily fruited thick boys gain more and more popularity, do people come in when they order a fruited sour expect it to be that, or is that still like just in the realm of beer nerd that um, seeks out those I think types it's both, of beer? Really, I mean, there's a there are a lot of people who come in and say, you know, start asking us about the sours, and we, when we start to explain them, they're like, oh yeah, I want the thicker one, or I want you know the one that's reminiscent of this certain flavor profile, like popping off or chasing rainbows. Um, but you know, a lot of people want to just try sours in general, right. so they are. You know, they're exploring the different flavor profiles, how tart a sour is. That's something we've been playing with on our sours as well. You know, how much we push um, the pH and the um, acid in, in the beer, um, how much we restrain it, depending on what kind of fruits in it. Um, you know, whether we add lactose and vanilla, cinnamon even, or like graham cracker, um, brown sugar, those kinds of things. Marshmallows, right. Um, yeah, we get which, a wide variety of customers here so it's between the beer nerd who comes in and wants the thickest sour we have and then it's an educational experience for the other side of it where our bartenders are responsible for explaining to them the difference between a regular fruited sour and then our our thick boys um so we get that gamut of people i i've already forgotten if you touched on it when we were talking about um, uh, idiom two, T O O, T O O, so lame. Um, are you are you gonna have any? You're, have you decided if you're going to have any kind of tap room or so that sort of thing there, or is that still? We're working up? through some details. Um, so originally, no. Yeah, originally that was a that was a hard no. Um, but. Uh, a lot of things have shifted since um, the beginning of COVID. Um, we've also had the opportunity, or still have the opportunity, to take on additional space. Um, and if we do, as I mentioned before, we're going to take on doing a barrel aging program, both sours and and um, and not. And if we do that, we'll probably um, open up a separate tap room at that location for strictly the sours and the the barrel aged stuff. Um, the new location, um, also we're moving our existing canning line to that location. So um, our existing canning line does roughly 42 cans a minute in 12 ounce format and 36 cans a minute in 16 ounce um, format. And that You've line You've never is, done a 12 ounce, no. though, have you? We, we have been talking about it, um, but I don't know that we'll ever make a shift to do that. It's a lot of extra setup and um, steps to change the line to do that. Um, and it's just something that we don't necessarily see a need for in the market. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, so we're moving that existing canning line to the new uh, facility, and then we just bought another uh, canning line from Alpha um, Brewing Operations for the original um, location here on Carroll Creek. Um, and then... What's your lame name for this pl- location? What, this location? Yeah. Idiom Brewing Company? Uh, well, I didn't know if you <laughs> might add, like, a two... Like, a, one. <laughs> And I, this is OG. OG. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any emoji. Um, Don't use either of those. <laughs> um, I, trust me, I won't. <laughs> um, so he I mean, was planning on it yeah. until just now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dad, yeah, but not, let's flip through your notebook there. I want to see <laughs> where. I'm, I'm a dad, but not that much of in the jet jokes. Um, so anyway, you know, we're we're constantly growing. I mean, dur- even during COVID, um, you know, we tracked for a 300 percent increase in our. Um, in our sales across that year um, from the prior year. Um, and we're on track right now to bust that rec- that um, year-on-year growth by another 200%. So, you know, it's... Sounds like complicated, man. It, it is complicated, man. <laughs> um, but we, we are taking everything we learn from this location and, and incorporating, it, incorporating it into the new location um, from, you know, layout to, you know... 
um, what we're going to brew, how we're going to brew it. Um, walk-in size. Yeah, walk-in <laughs> size. Um, a number of things. Um, and, you know, we're, like I said, uh, that, that location is basically going to be dedicated to, you know, cranking out beer that we need for distribution. Um, it will also um, be um, some beer that we bring to this location, but this location will probably move into more of a, a model of crazy fruited sours and like super experimental New England IPAs and super experimental West Coasts and super experimental lagers and something that we, um, you know, will continue to develop as a brand here. And the other side will be more of the one-off drops we do for, you know, distribute throughout, throughout the state. And core um, beer. And then yeah. all of our core brands. What, um, um, what, is, what is an experimental West Coast IPA? Uh, it's like pushing the like boundaries a, on like, you know. Like new hop. Yeah, new hops. Okay, like um, cryo or. Right. Like, well, uh, I mean, we, we typically incorporate, um, you know, um, liquid extracts, um, hops, or. Um, cryo slash lupa max hops in all of our beer styles whether it's a west coast a lager or anything we kind of throw that in there just to push the um, boundaries a little bit but with that like what we did with the red light district <clears throat> it was a completely different style of west coast that i have not seen many people try to do except for um you know years back when uh, green flash did a red ipa um, you know, and try to push the envelope over wet, Red West Coast. Oh, I do remember. What was that called? Uh, I don't or was remember. It just there's the, most of their beers were just lame names. Yeah, like, they were just like Imperial IPA yeah. or Double IPA, right? <laughs> um, but you know, we're constantly trying to push that boundary, even within classic styles. And I think that's why a lot of people tend to gravitate towards some of the beers that we do that are w- within a classic style range, but have a idiom twist. We like our Kolsch is. Is a Kolsch by um, like any standard, but it's non-typical Kolsch hops. Um, you know, we use Citra and Nelson and in, in our Kolsch, um, and uh, you know, so it's got that that new age spin to a world-class beer. You know, so like it's just we we always try to you know try to do something different to make our brand and our beer stand out. We should let Lindsay talk for a little bit. Sure. And she wants you to stop your phone from buzzing. Um, Can she hear it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your uh, AC is exceptionally loud, too. Yeah. And exceptionally <laughs> cold. Yeah. Uh, no, it's comfortable. What, uh, what do you have coming up that you're excited about? Um, Jobs. Yeah, we are... So with the growth um, and with the production space and brewing more beer um, and kind of headed in that direction, we are hiring. Um, So I'm excited that we're hiring for a sales rep. Um, So that'll be our first like distribution position that we'll be filling. Um, So like he said, we self-distro to Frederick County MoCo and Washington County so that person will be handling all of the distribution and accounts um, building new accounts taking care of the ones that we have and getting more beer out there they also get a company vehicle yeah it's a really nice van we have a new van I'm excited about that we're waiting to get that wrapped Um, and then we're hiring two new uh, assistant brewers so so we can make more beer um, so they'll be over at the production space. Some might be here working. Um, and yeah, just excited about the growth. The production space is really awesome. I'll have an office over there, so that's great. <laughs> um, and, and potentially a barrel aging program with a yeah. tap room over there. You yeah. mentioned that a couple times. Another tap room, Idiom 2. T O O. Oh, jeez. I'm just going to go ahead. Well, we also have have a a, a ton of other events coming up. You know, we're, um, we have a, we had a very successful drag bingo for Pride Month. Um, So we're actually going to do that again in August. August 8th. um, It'll be an 80s theme party. Um, And, you know, we constantly have um, live entertainment here three days a week, usually um, on Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays. 
Um, we haven't delved into trying to do that on Saturdays just because we're typically too busy to do music anyway on Saturdays and that the, the flow, it would just slow down the flow of traffic in here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, with the, one of the benefits of taking on additional space at the um, second facility is the ability to have huge events there for um, for things once uh, once everything gets popping. So um, yeah. you know we can you know brew the beer. We can have uh, you know all of the the additional benefit of barrel aging program, but also have a very very large event space. Does Tenth Ward have any kind of like customer facing thing over there mm-hmm. is there just so but you still have two distilleries that have retail customer facing mm-hmm. locations over there so it's still a draw yeah over I mean, to that area for we, we could easily like Puerto so Rico it, I think does it would a, make sense to have yeah. a tasting room tap room whatever yeah we may that. not do it on that side of the building because that's where we accept deliveries and there's a lot of traffic that comes in there yeah but with the potential expansion to, into additional space that's all at a oh, it would reach over to the other over side to of the, the other okay. side which would allow um a little bit more traffic flow um and that would be more the face of the tap room rather than the brewery side of the location we take our dog to camp powwow mm-hmm. when you go out of town <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or to get her groomed, uh, right? So if you drop your, your dog, dog groomed, off, yeah. come get some beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So that yeah, uh, that would be a perfect kind of pitch. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah. workout as yeah. deal with them. Yeah, because the owner of Camp Bow Wow did love uh, Red Light District. Awesome. Yeah, he said he cleaned out most of what uh, District what East had. <laughs> We've worked with them before. We were actually talking about doing more with them before COVID, but then so they're on my list. Well, I would definitely think so now too. Yeah, if we if we do, do something in the intermediary until we get that tap room over there, it'll be something like what Puerto Rico did, which is just like a floating bar that we put up with some inside seating or outside seating by our loading dock during non-delivery Limited hours. hours. Yeah. Um, um, so we're still working through some questions with the city. Um, that would also put us in a square footage. Um, model that would make us a true brewery in frederick not under the small craft brewery um legislation so we're currently you know discussing how that would look with the city okay similar Does that to what, make it more complicated yeah or i think it, like what old mother had to go through with getting rezoned under okay. conditional zoning oh for, yeah because that took them right up to they're yeah. over they're over ten thousand square yeah. feet right so I think they were only a couple hundred square feet over. But yeah, it was like a decimal zero, like decimal <laughs> zero one. Like most um, but so that would put us in, uh, you know, a little bit of a different zoning, a little bit of a different um, application of, of code from the city. So we're trying to just navigate that with them and, and verify with them what we'll need to do and what we need to be cognizant of and those yeah. types of things. Well, thankfully, you already have, you're not the one trailblazing right. that right. <laughs> there's right. already a precedent for. Correct. Because if I remember correctly, it was not an easy process for them. No, I think they also had some um, hoops to jump through with the building itself because it was two different buildings that got merged together or something like that. And there were two different water supplies. Okay. And there were a couple of little things that the city didn't like about that. So they had to go through Zoning Board of Appeals to even get it, like, approved. And it was the same hearing that I was in for our outdoor seating for the creek. So it was after, I I don't know how many months they tried it, um, that was trying to be done, but it... It definitely, um, you know, was something that slowed them down on opening. Yeah. So, um, or they're opening their new location, I should say. Yeah. Is there anything else coming up that you want to talk about now, or don't want to bring that up yet because there's so many things up in the air about it? Um, no, there's there's still a lot of things up in the air. Um, okay. I, I um. I, I will say this. We are working on expanding the business outside of brewery operations. Oh, that's not what I was talking oh. about. Um, yeah, I figured you definitely don't want to. I yeah. meant more like. <laughs> oh, you're talking about uh, beers. I mean, yeah. we have all kinds of, um, you know, ideas coming down the pike all the time. We have a uh, collab with Crooked Crab this week on Wednesday, um, the week of what, July 
It's this week. Yeah. This, this will come out oh, on this Friday. This come out today. Okay. Yeah. Or no, this not week. today. Okay. I'm not so that this ambitious. Week, really, really this week, um, we have a collab with uh, Crooked Crab. We're doing a heavily fruited sour. I mean, really That's, today, right? Because yeah. unless you're a VIP, then you were able to get it yesterday. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's uh, we're actually doing the we're doing the Brewing Company dot com. We're yeah. doing the collab on Wednesday with them. It's it, oh, okay. We're uh, looking at doing an apple pie a la mode sour. Um, so heavily fruited apple pie a la mode uh, sour with them. Um, and then um, we've been toying with other fruit, but I think we're still going to stick with apple um, just because it, it's not something you see too um, typically. And using apple with cinnamon and vanilla and lactose. Someone and just came out with one of those. Can't remember who it was. Well, Chris thinks that's really boring uh, content. <laughs> well, Chris thinks we also have a this week we have a bananas foster um, cream ale that we're we're releasing. We have uh, coconut porter releasing. We have uh, stabbing westward, which is our new West Coast that Chris was um, drinking during this podcast. It's really good. Um, and then um, we also have uh, our black IPA, black sheep coming back out. Um, and pog, oh yeah, pog, pog sour. sour slam down. Um, so pineapple, orange, guava, which is a typical fruited sour. It's fully fermented and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and we restrained the, the, um, the sourness, the tartness on this one a little bit more over the last time, just because, um, you get start to get to a point with sours that you, you, all you taste is sour and you don't taste the fruit. Yeah. Um, so like an Anderson Valley goes right. up. Right. Where it tastes delicious, but then it also feels like razor blades right. going down your esophagus. <laughs> so we, we, we've started to tame that back a little bit just because we were pushing the edge on true putting sours out that were like, th- you know, finished with really, really low um, pH. And we, you know, are trying to get that back a little bit so that way it's more palatable, enjoyable by the masses. Um, so, but we do have a lot of other collabs in the works. Um, you know, we've been talking about doing one again with uh, two different styles of sours um, and um, per release and, you know, going from there, um, you know, whether that's a, a pie based sour or a marshmallow based sour or a, um, just like crazy, crazy, you know, adjuncted sour um, with who said who knows like rice krispies or something like that um, that wouldn't work no but there are other options <laughs> um but you know so it's we're just always trying new things and we always want to be you know trying new things and want our customers to come in and be like oh what's 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 happening here i think the biggest complaint we ever have though is that when people come in one week and then they come back a month later or two months later is, hey, I had this excellent beer that you guys did, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we have to tell them, hey, sorry, that's Long that's gone. gone. See, that's a normal beer drinker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so we have to tell them that's long gone. I mean, I think, you know, on the mo- for the most part, most of our beer is um, released on a Thursday now. Um, and is gone within a two-week period. Um, that, and that goes across all the styles. It's not just the hazies. It's not just the sours. That's lagers, too, and, and everything. So we have always constantly have to go back to our brew schedule and modify things to kind of um, you know, fit the need of having multiple styles on draft all the time. Yeah. I think we do a really good job of pushing the envelope on all our beer and trying to be creative and all of that while still keeping it approachable for all kinds of beer drinkers so well, I, I think in your like where you're located you have to yeah you can't be like a just <clears throat> off the wall catering to the craft beer enthusiast nerd like normal people come here to drink right and this and as more and more opens on this end of carroll creek which anyone who's listening to this and hasn't been to frederick yet needs to because carroll creek is one of the gems that frederick has and now that in this east side of it was just ignored for the longest time well it wasn't even completed until what two years ago yeah right this building was uh completed about four years ago um we took uh control of our space three years ago okay yeah, two three years ago really we expanded is... into this space 
our, our expansion. Um, and then we took on additional space last year upstairs. So like we have a total of, I think, 7,500 square feet in, at our existing location. And then, you know, the additional space over at the second location now. But it, it's, it's become an area of just Draw. like yeah. norm, normal people just going right. out on the town on a weekend evening right. or just knowing that there are breweries down here now because you have you guys steinhardt's across rate short throw across the creek smoketown right attaboy, both, the attaboy, yeah. in both attaboys so like people know just come to this area and drink they mm -hmm. don't know about craft beer they don't care right. about craft beer they just came to get some beer mm -hmm. and yeah. if you don't have something to well, I wouldn't say that Sell either. Them. There's a lot of people. Oh, from, yeah. There's still tons of people coming here for, from as a destination sure. yeah. because also well, for the same exact right. reasons right. Yeah. that like to get right. crazy stuff. But there's still like because of like the makeup of Frederick and where you're at, like if you didn't have like normal beer in air quotes. Yeah, it, I agree with like, that. It would be. You'd be losing out on a hell of a lot of business Correct. if you were. I mean, yeah. the the one benefit <clears throat> I see about all of us being down here on the um, on the this end of the creek, you know, every brewery that is here, whether it's Steinhardt, um, Smoketown, Attaboy's Barrel House, Attaboy itself, we all do something completely different, and we yeah. all approach it completely differently, um, and we all do beer that is well received in the community and that is a draw if there were pieces of that puzzle that weren't well received then it would be harder to bring people to this side yeah. of town yeah um so you know the fact that we're all in proximity to each other um you know that's that's a, a boon um but that's also a boon because we're all doing something completely different and we're all doing it our own way not trying to pander to you know what other people want yeah and it's a it then it becomes a big draw to right. people who are doing craft beer tourism. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to drive an hour necessarily just to visit one place right. unless it's someplace you really want to go to. Well, that, but if you just want to go out and visit breweries, Frederick is absolutely on the list of places that you want to go yeah. to right. at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's also why we're considering opening a, a tap room at the second location now. Um, is because, you know, Dragon's there, and they have in both an indoor and outdoor seating area. Puerto Rico's there, which their um, Patoro is some of my favorite rum out. Yeah. Um, I still need to go there. I've heard yes, nothing but amazing things yeah. about them. The, the almond Patoro is amazing. Um, and then, they, you know, they've got coconut, pineapple, stuff like that. Um, yeah. It's all good. Um, and Tenth Ward being over there, I was even talking to Monica the other day about, you know, the potential of us opening a tap room over there and you know she was you know toying with the idea as well so i mean you know even if it's just for you know to have on the weekends when people are over there visiting the other distilleries and breweries you yeah. know it's even that little bit of draw is enough to open up a space right and i want to do tours over there i know we want to be able to bring our vips over there um and just you know regular people too and have them buy tickets for tours Normies. of the production space, <laughs> peasants. Um, so having a tasting room, having the ability to have them try things and experience that in, a, in another way is going to be really helpful. Yeah, especially if we do the um, barrel aging program over there, because that's something that was a big um, promise to the VIPs when we um, first started doing that program was that we were going to have you know, two uh, special release parties for them a year. Um, and because of COVID, we weren't able to do that, um, which, you know, we've we're, we've made up um, to them by doing like extending their memberships. And then also um, for like since, you know, all the COVID restrictions have recently been lifted, um, we have a um, VIP only party at the Keys um, Stadium bonus um, party. Yeah, bonus VIP party where it's just outside of what we already promised them of, you know, a party at Keys game on the 29th, all gratis. So it covered by us completely. Nice. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something that we take to heart. We, uh, we love having our VIPs. The program has been a big boon for us, but it's also um, something that the VIPs feel like they're getting their money's worth out of, you know, it's a $250 buy, but they get a crowler a month. They get, 
a birthday crowler. They get 15% off um, of draft pours all the time. They get 15% off everything, everything all the right. time. Yeah, everything yeah. all the time. Um, they get 30% off draft pours on Thursdays. Um, you know, we just try to take care of them the best we can. So They get yeah. a brewmate, <laughs> a special VIP brewmate. They get to take home. They get a 16 ounce pour every time they come here of any beer, regardless of what it what actually comes in. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're working on like VIP merch and different stuff that we can give them throughout the year. Awesome. And where do people sign up for such a thing? Uh, they can go to our website, idiombrewing.com. Um, we have our uh, web store there. It's under a link called Gear and Beer. And uh, underneath Gear and Beer, there's a uh, link for membership. Where do people go to keep up to date on everything Idiom does? Yeah, um, yeah so uh, there's a few different locations. Again, our website, idiombrewing.com. We have an event calendar on there. Um, we also have all of our draft lists on there and whether or not we have cans of certain beer or not um, under what's on tap. Um, we have our shop um, under gear and beer. Even our jobs listed on that website as well. Um, Come we, work with us. Yeah. Um, we also um, kind of lean heavily towards Instagram and lightly towards Facebook, but we have um, both um, Facebook and Instagram um, profiles um, at Idiom Brew Co Brewing Co. Um, so you can always watch there for upcoming releases, info about collabs, um, you know, and just general information about music and things of that nature and what's going on at the tap room. Yeah, another thing I'll mention, um, as we come out of COVID, we are opening back up to events, so not just tap room parties and events that we hold ourselves, but private events. Um, so we have our entire, you know, expansion tap room and then the room upstairs that we're opening as well. So I'm really excited um, to start booking private events. We do buyouts um, anywhere from 30 people to 200 people. So if anybody wanted to look into that, uh, they can email lindsay at idiombrewing.com. Anything else? We good? Uh, I think that's about it. We cover everything? I think so. Yeah. Thank you both so much. Mainly you, Lindsay. Thank um, you, Chris. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to... Um, phrase day whenever you guys get around to planning that yeah. may want to start doing that yeah i mean we have a few months it's in november <laughs> so like we're working on it though we have a bigger fish to fry Yeah, we don't have much time. going on so i don't know <laughs> i don't know why we haven't started planning that you should do next lent do a fish fry i miss fish fries we just said why not do a, a crawdad boil i don't know well i was just talking <laughs> like just randomly at the pool, we met someone that's uh, we being my wife and I met someone who grew up in the same, pretty close to the same area as us in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing in Pittsburgh, fish fries. Mm -hmm. No one does that down here. Um, yeah. I mean, we could do something like that. <clears throat> so we should do a fish fry. They're good. We'll we, we've about been it. talking about doing crab feasts and stuff like that. This year, it's a little crazy with the price of crabs, but... Um, you know, we've been talking about doing that kind of stuff. I mean, as long as you fry it, right? You can get the cheapest fish you want. Just <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will know what it is. <laughs> Just don't leave the head on it, right? Put, yeah. <laughs> get the right batter and put enough tartar sauce on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we do have a lot com coming down the pike. Um, our expansion at the production facility should be open within the next 30 to 45 days. Um, we're just finishing up final plumbing, um, final hookups for our tanks, um, moving our canning line over there um, as our new canning line comes to our original location. Um, so it's just a lot of moving parts, but we're you know closer and closer every day. And I don't care if this gets my Maryland card revoked. I will do crawfish over picking crabs any day. Oh, well, I, Interesting. I, I like crawfish too. It is so much easier. easier yeah. Crab it's legs. Like, you get snow crab oh, legs. Oh yeah, crab legs, one hundred percent. But that's, that's not the way a Maryland thing. Yeah, true. Mm. Maryland is taking the nasty bucket Mustard. of yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, I don't eat that. Um, but it's like it's so much more work for very little reward. I think that's the point, though, is that it gets people it's to like social. yeah. It's a social um, eating thing. Uh, you know, it's, not up your alley. <laughs> yeah, you don't like people that much. No, I hate people. We know this. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but also my wife the well actually she's i finally after 14 years of marriage convinced her to start trying seafood <laughs> instead of just declaring she hates it um but i had crawfish for the first time a couple weeks ago it's i've good. never had and crawfish it's so it, good it's many, I, I many just, lobster basically little taste yeah, well little, i mean i not cooked in a boil they're yeah. probably not that much flavor to them right <laughs> but like because right, that's for father's day when we were in new orleans that's what beth had her cousin have prepared for me right. it was and even though apparently like this is the end of crawfish season so they're not as good and they were smaller it was still phenomenal mm-hmm. they're good so it depends on how you cook them and crawfish yeah. over yeah. maryland crabs any day i don't know if i'd I say not that co-sign. <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't say that Make it known. however crawfish are good nope better uh, than maryland blue crab <laughs> Say it. I'll die well, on not, that hill. You're, you're not from Maryland, <laughs> so you know. I guess that that makes it, there's an excuse for it. Uh, once again, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you. And, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. 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 The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.